You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, we are here. Minor Talk is live. We're presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. For your home and auto insurance, trust the local experts at the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Uh, your home and the per- the only insurance agent of the UTEP Miners, trust Oscar Arrieta. Check them out online at oscarietheagency.com. Along with Sal Montes, my co-host here on the show, I'm Adrian Broadus. I am back from Vegas. We spent the whole week out for Super Bowl Radio Row, and we're here to talk some UTEP hoops. UTEP, a 25-point victory over the Aggies in New Mexico State in the Battle of I-10. Their most or their largest margin of victory against the Aggies in this rivalry series in 20 years, Sal. Uh, but that's not what we're going to kick off the show talking about. We're going to kick off the show talking with UTEP's all-time leading scorer in program history. He stepped into the booth. He's kicking things off with us here on the show, and he is Stefan Jackson, who was honored today. His jersey was raised in the rafters, honored in front of all the fans out there, 10,000-plus in attendance for the wideout at the UTEP game tonight. Sal, I, I saved this story here for on air. I want to ask you your story because you have a great Stefan Jackson story as well. Um, I saved my story for on air. Uh, I was probably 12 years old, maybe 13 years old, with Stefan Jackson's all-time leading scoring points game where they gave away T-shirts to every single fan before tip-off, and every single fan had this jersey that had Stefan Stephon Jackson's face and 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 uh, you know it had like a logo of him on it mm. and the coolest part about this was it had his signature on it too Sal I probably kept that uh, orange T-shirt for <laughs> years and years and years beyond that and I just remember how special that moment was because UTEP had a new all-time leading scorer at that point can you yep. think about the crazy history Sal that it's... UTEP has had and for a guy like Stephon Jackson to shatter that all-time program record for points that was huge at the time and uh, somebody who's an all-time legend here for the Miners. No, it's it's definitely amazing. It's a, it's an honor to, to have him here in the studios and man, this this guy provided a lot of fun memories. You, you talk about your story and I remember mine. I don't know how old I was, um, probably in middle school, but um, they were on the road. It was a, a tournament in Santa Clara and they played the uh, the Broncos and he hit a three to, to get 44 points and I, I shouldn't have been up. The game was too late. It's a West Coast tournament. I, I had class either the next day or homework to do, one of the two. Uh, but nonetheless, though, uh, a fun game listening to. And, uh, man, full full throttle, right? John's calling these games still. And, um, you know, all of those memories that, that he has, um, you know, in his amazing broadcasting career, Stephon Jackson's 44-point game, I'm sure, is up there for Tyshire as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, t- I totally remember that moment right there. Uh, and let's waste no more time. Stephon Jackson. He's in our River Oaks property, Schoolyard Sports Studios. Welcome aboard, Stefan. How's it going? Oh, man, thanks for having me. Everything's going great. Just got through watching the game. It was exciting. The kids got after it today, and I'm really proud to be a minor today. Hey, you're somebody who is an all-time legend. Maybe, you know, if you're talking about uh, some of the all-time greats, if you're making a top 10 list, you're in that discussion. You're a UTEP Hall of Famer. Uh, you played uh, at this university for four years, which is something that no one is saying any anymore nowadays. So much has changed in college sports, specifically college basketball, since you last picked up a basketball here at UTEP. Yeah, I mean, a lot have changed. I mean, a lot's going on. I mean, you got kids making money in college now. Big NIL deals, uh, 
kids doing the transfer portal. That was unheard of when I was playing, to be in a transfer portal and doing all these little things. But I think it's changed for the better, though. I think uh, college athletes deserve to get paid, and they deserve some compensation from the universities. He's making all this money off them, so... I think it's going in the right direction. Yeah, and I want to ask you some NIL stuff here in a little bit, but I also want to uh, you know, throw it out to our listeners right now. Open up the phone lines, 915-505-6009. Anybody who wants to chime in and, and talk to UTEP's all-time leading scorer and Stephon Jackson, they can weigh in on the show right now. 600 ESPN on Pass on social media. The, po- the post that I just threw up about you, Stephon, has already shattered social media. And guys like Leo underscore minor fan is going crazy. The fact that you're on there. My or pick my axe nine one five. This is what he says. Congrats to Stefan, one of my all time favorite UTEP players. It was an <laughs> honor to watch a player of your caliber. So it's only fitting that you were honored tonight. What was that feeling like? Just getting a chance because you know what? This was the largest crowd here tonight all season long. Ten thousand plus in attendance, and for everybody to stand up at halftime when you were honored to see your jersey going up in the rafters tonight. What was that feeling like? Oh, man, it was a great feeling. It was a humbling feeling because I I was used to that type crowd, though. When I played here, we had a crowd like that every night, and I just wanted it to be a crowd like that on my special night. And the fans came out. They supported everything, and they came out to see the jersey get put up in the sky and watch the team win the game against New Mexico State. Did you hate New Mexico State when you were playing at UTEP? Oh, man, everybody hates New Mexico State when you're playing at UTEP. I mean, it's a rival game. I mean, they right down the street like your little cousins that you want to smack around. So, yeah, everybody hated uh, New Mexico State when they played for Utah. You know, it's interesting. The transfer portal has changed so much in basketball. There have now been three players who've bounced around between teams, between UTEP and New Mexico State. Tonight, the big man on New Mexico State, Casey Eziagu, he was a former minor actually a couple years ago, which is interesting enough. Evan Gilliard a couple years ago, he's a point guard. He went from UTEP to New Mexico State. And then two seasons ago, the minors, or a season and a half ago, minors had Mario McKinney Jr. He came from the Aggies to the Miners. That's a weird thing in itself. Yeah, that's tough. I mean... Can you picture that right now? I couldn't picture that because back in my day and time, that would never happen. So I really can't fathom that or picture that, somebody doing that. But, I mean, that's the way college basketball is going now. You can pick and choose where you want to go. I mean, if you ain't happy at one place, you can just get up and leave. So I guess that's the way everything's headed now. So you've uh, been, you know, watching from afar this UTEP basketball team, uh, but tonight you got to watch it up close and personal. Give me your thoughts. Who who impressed you on the minors right now? I, I don't need names. Give me some numbers out there. I know it's maybe the first time you've seen this group in, in a little bit, but who who impressed you tonight from the minors? This is a twenty five point victory for this group, and uh, I'm not saying that they've turned the corner. I yeah. still, you know, I still have some hesitations on this team right now, if you ask my opinion. But I. I I just want to get your thoughts. Who did you like from this group? Uh, number two. I think he played a point guard spot. Sure. Yeah. He can shoot it. That's well, Hardy. Uh, That's yeah. Tay Hardy. Yeah, I like him. He's a, a good player, good system player. can shoot. Anytime you can shoot, you know, you're going to be a dangerous player. So I like him. Uh, of course, number zero is a Philly guy. Yeah. You know, Philly guys, we all stick together. And I got nothing but love for Zed. Great player. Uh Number five was that number five? Yeah, David Terrell Jr. Number five. Oh man, he's got a he got a he got a bright future. I mean, he's that's a true freshman. freshman. Yeah, he's he got a bright future. I mean, the future is in good hands with him. The the, the, the uh, university is in great hands with him. So, I think those was the three players that 
stood out with me for the most part. Them three. Yeah. With David Terrell Jr., he's a true freshman. And you think back to your true freshman year. That was actually 2006. And yeah, you right. had a lot of uh, veterans on that group right there. You had yeah. guys like Jason Williams on that team. And you had a lot of uh, other older players on that group. What was it like playing as a true freshman at UTEP when lights are bright? I mean, hey, if you think about it, David Terrell Jr. has never played in front of 10,000 fans. Right. Right. I mean, it was a great feeling, but you just had. You had a small margin for error playing with all them older guys. Like, as a freshman, you really can't make a lot of mistakes. And I think with them guys, they was older, they was more mature, so they brought me along the right way. You know what I'm saying? I was playing with a lot of veterans, a lot of good players like John Tofi, Edgar Marino, Miguel Ayala. They was great players, great role models, and they brought me along the right way. So I tip my hat to those guys. You, When you think about your career, players like you don't happen anymore. Four-year guys at one single institution. And that's something that I think UTEP fans are hoping to see with David Trill Jr. They're hoping that he stays four seasons. And I don't know how uh, realistic that'll be or feasible that'll be right there. But if you think back to where you played and you committed to this group for four seasons now. And you think nowadays there are guys who they go upwards of four schools in their college careers or maybe two or three schools schools averaging in their college career that's pretty crazy in itself yeah that's pretty crazy I mean to keep it all the way honest if if it was NIL deals back then when I was playing I don't think I would have stuck around for four years neither the way they paying these players I mean you gotta look at it like a lot of these players don't got the means or the other stuff to take care of their families and stuff and they're struggling in college and somebody offering them a lot of money they're gonna take it so it's hard to keep good players right now unless you got money so I guess the players is doing stuff what they got to do for their families. Yeah, DJ, just thinking back to uh, your tenure here, you know, playing all of those years and playing in front of a crowd like that. When you when you started at UTEP, Conference USA was in a uh, was in a, a new spot for UTEP, so to speak. So UTEP being tenured in the league, what is your thoughts on uh, Conference USA as it stands 2023-2024? Oh, man, it's totally different, man. I mean, the teams is different. I mean, the atmosphere of the, of the programs is different. So I think I think when I, when I played, it was a different atmosphere. It was a different time, though. And I think it's just a new time, a new era for these different teams to come in conference USA. I really didn't know, to keep it all the way honest, I didn't even believe all the teams that was in conference USA now. You know what I'm saying? I'm just now finding out all the teams that was in conference USA. I know Utah was in there, but I still thought UAB was in there, Memphis was in there, Houston, Tulsa, Tulane, Rice. I'm coming to find out, and none of them programs left in Conference USA. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Because now you have Sam Houston State in there, New Mexico State yeah. is now as a, a conference, conference team game, right now. Yeah. Uh, you also have newer teams like Liberty coming out of the mix. Right. Conference USA is literally all across U- the USA. I right. mean, that's what it is right now. And instead of it being a little bit closer and, and make a little bit more sense across the region. Right, right, right. I mean, they did what's best for the, the programs, I guess, to keep them all together and uh, to build a continuity that they're building with all the different programs. So I tip my hats to Conference USA. I mean, it always did me good. And I think they got a bright future with the younger players they got in this league.
Yeah, and I think when you talk about some of the other programs coming in, like Kennesaw State, Delaware, I mean, those are uh, better basketball programs than some of the other schools that ended up leaving, like right. UTSA. Not a very good basketball program, but I digress. You know, uh, Stefan, when we talk about the Battle of I-10, this is a rivalry series in which the Miners have not really been on the upper hand. So I, I give a lot of credit to the Miners for winning tonight by 25 points. They actually lost by 10 points to them on the road in Las Cruces, and I think fans were little disappointed with that so if I've got to be fair I've got to say hey look this was a solid win for this group no it doesn't change my opinion on this team it doesn't mean that they're turning the corner so to speak from this season but this is a good program win because if you can beat your rivals by 25 points I don't care if it's on their home court I don't care where it's at I I think that's a big deal right there no I think it's a great deal I mean Winning is winning is great, always great. When you can win against your rival and you can protect your home court in college basketball, it's a great feeling. I mean, them guys needed this win tonight. Coaching staff needed this win tonight. The fans needed this win tonight. Just to build some continuity and some confidence so the fans can keep out, come out and keep playing, keep watching them play and being a six-man like they used to be. I remember when I was playing, like, the fans was our six-man. Like, they was the player that wasn't on the court for us, and we appreciated that. And I think we need to get back to that, of the fans being a six-man. Instead of us playing 5-on-5, five five, we need to start playing 6-on-5 at home. Okay, I need to ask you just a couple more questions as we wind down. I really appreciate the time, Stefan. It, no. It's great that you stopped by our studios here tonight yep. after the game here to start things off on Minor Talk. Your, if you had to pinpoint a moment that you that stands out to you in your career with this UTEP basketball team, if you had to pinpoint one of some of the moments that really stand out, maybe the games, maybe it was a, a shot or a, a specific moment, what would you pinpoint some of those moments being for this UTEP basketball ride that you experienced? Uh, one of the great moments was probably my senior night. Uh, it was a very emotional night. Uh, I think we played, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we played East Carolina. Then we played East Carolina. I think I had like 44 points on my senior night. All my family was there. A lot of my family and friends was there that never even got to see me play because they live on the East Coast. Wow. And I live on the, and I play all the way over here on the West Coast. So that was like one of the memorable things from UTEP. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about the uh, conference tournament? Did you did you think of uh, any experience there? What about that postseason run that you guys had all the way into that Oregon State three game series? That was oh. pretty crazy in itself. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was crazy. That was that was crazy, and it was like brutal on the body because we kept we had to travel from travel to travel to travel. Oregon State back to Utah back to Oregon State but then I think we went to a couple other places before that so that was like really I remember that being really a grind on the body and a lot of a lot of players was tapped out by then do you remember that first round game? I think it was Nevada, and that was like the toughest game it was. It was like back and forth, back and forth. You guys won by a late bucket. Yeah, I hit the I hit the game winning shot. I think it was like a floater at the end of that game. I don't even think the play was drawing up for me. I think I took the ball and I drove down the court and I threw up a little floater, and I just closed my eyes and it went in. And I just heard my teammates shouting, going crazy. So. That was, a, that was a great moment, too. We beat them at Nevada. That was a great moment. I'm not trying to bring up old wounds, but your junior and senior years, you both you lost in the conference tournament in an overtime situation both times. Uh, first in your junior year was to Tulsa in an overtime loss. Your senior year was to Houston in an overtime loss in a conference tournament. How tough are those conference tournament games? Because we as outsiders, we just look at it and think, oh, well, UTEP's supposed to win some of these games in the tournament. But when you're playing these games in a short amount of time, 
time on a neutral court. I'm sure it's challenging. What what did you what did you experience? I mean, it's very it's very challenging. I mean, like from the outside looking in, you probably think it's just a game, but there's a lot that come with it, like scouting report, uh, a lot of film go into it, uh, taking players' weaknesses away, taking their strengths away, making them go to their weaknesses. Like it's a lot of little stuff that people don't know from just looking, watching the games, and just and a lot of stuff come with it. So the games was hard. I mean, it comes down to the better coaching, whoever got the better game plan, and not necessarily all the time the better players. It just come from coaching and execution. Like a lot of teams execute more better than other teams, and that's what it come down to. That's why the game went to overtime, and I guess whatever happened back then, they executed more than us in overtime, and they beat us. But a lot of that, especially in the conference play, I mean, we know each other so much. We know each other, what we're going to do, what they ain't going to do, what what they can do. So it's basically come down by coaching. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, best teammate you ever had? Best teammate? Oh, man, you're going to put me on this. Come on, that's not fair, right? Come yeah, on. that's not fair. I got, give, me, give me a couple of teammates. I got a couple of them. Uh, Marvin Kilgore. Excellent. Of course. Uh, Julian Stone. Okay. Uh, uh, John Tophy. Love it. Uh, Will Kimball. Edgar, Edgar Marino. Miguel Ayala. Uh, Randy Culpepper was a good teammate. Uh, so Matt Arnett Moultrie. Okay. Uh, damn, I might be missing somebody. Who I'm missing? I think you. I think you hit some really good ones. I don't. I don't think you missed that many. I, I'm missing somebody. Are you thinking Watts? Tavares Watts, yeah, that's my guy. He was a sen- he went senior night with me. Tavares Watts. Uh, I'm missing somebody else though. Somebody I'm missing. Hmm. <laughs> McCauley. Gabe McCauley. Yeah, he was a good teammate. Uh, Christian Pope. Even though okay. I didn't get to play with Christian Pope, but he was around. Like he yeah. set out. He set out the year. Uh, Derek Character was a good dude. I like the Derek Character. Okay. You uh, named some really good ones. Yeah, that was. You're gonna name your whole teams, every yeah, single teams, if you, yeah. if you keep going. I mean, all my teams. <laughs> you gotta understand, all my teams was great. I averaged 18, 23, and twenty four. So you know, I had a good teammates. They got me the That's ball. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they got me the basketball. So you know, shout out to all them guys though. They played a major part in my uh, my career. Now, if you think about it, Randy Culpepper's still playing right now. That's yeah. pretty amazing. You had a great, uh, you know, career beyond just uh, what you did here at UTEP, playing professionally overseas. Right. Uh, what do you? What What does uh, Stephon Jackson do here in twenty twenty four? Well, Stephon Jackson played one on one with his daughter in the backyard. Now in twenty twenty four, that's awesome. Is she going to be? Uh, is she going to be the next great? It's the next great superstar from UTEP girls basketball. Okay, yes, she is. Remember, I said this. On okay. Your show. Yep. We're gonna we're gonna mark this one. Yeah, okay? mark this. She'll be down here. Okay. Yeah, Skylar Jackson. Remember that name? Skylar Jackson. Yep. We got done. We got it. Uh, Stefan, you've been great. Thank you so much for all the time tonight. Yep. One last shout out to the city of El Paso. You're you're flying out of here uh, coming up soon, but I want to get one more big shout out. What does this city mean to you? Knowing that they honored you tonight, knowing that this university hung your uh, uni- uh, university jersey up in the rafters along some of the all time greats. You think of all the all time greats. Who who ended up playing at this university, playing basketball here. What does this city mean to you? The city of El Paso means everything to me. I mean, it's like my second home. They know I love them. I love this city. 
I gave them all. I gave this city four years of everything I got. Blood, sweat, tears. Never asked for nothing back. I earned everything they got, and I appreciate everything the fans and the people around the city did for me and embraced me and made me one of theirs. So I will always love El Paso, and they will all be number one in my heart. Can we see Stephon Jackson in El Paso in the future? Who knows? All right. Only time can tell. Only time can tell. I love it. That's a, that's a perfect way for us to end tonight. Yeah. Stephon Jackson, thank you so much for joining us here thank on the you. show today. Thank you for having me. All right. That's Stephon Jackson joining us right now as we continue. Minor Talk continues. Let's take a break. When we come back, more in a moment, 600 ESPN El Paso. All right. We are back. Minor Talk continues, presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009, 600ESPN El Paso on Twitter or X and 600ESPNElPaso.com. Great uh, text from Renee Tierez. I'm not going to read this one after that one, but that's great. Good job there, Renee. Shout out Wind Supply El Paso. They're going to bring us our hot hand of the game. But, guys, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I don't know how much hotter you can get than the second half from David Terrell Jr. that we saw tonight. I mean, that was just beyond impressive. But then again, I think David Terrell Jr. reminds us each and every game why he's a human highlight reel, why he should not be taken for granted with this UTEP basketball squad, and uh, why he's just an absolute winner. I mean, I want to get into more on David Terrell Jr. here in a little bit. I also want to get into all these phone calls. 915-505-6009. Alberto Retta's in the house. Alberto, if you could help Sal answer some phone calls that would be great uh we got some other phone lines coming in as well 600 espn el paso on social media and then also 600 espn el paso as we continue uh 915-505-6009 that is our telephone number 600 espn el paso online as well and uh man i can't thank stefan jackson enough for joining us here on the show tonight that was fantastic what a great uh experience to have him on with us he was such an excellent excellent guest and uh, man what an excellent minor he was it's true I mean I grew up watching him I was 10 years old when he first played for the minors and you know it was pretty much my middle school years uh, watching uh, Stefan Jackson you know kill it for the minors uh, I definitely remember that sixth seventh eighth grade pretty much and then uh, that led into some really nice UTEP teams I mean talk about Randy Culpepper you talk about Derek character those teams right after the fact that was a nice run for UTEP when it's all said and done I also want to mention this uh, we are also presented by Timothy Cantrell Realtor he is our presenting uh, sponsor for our uh, our player of the night award each and every minor talk so want to mention that as well and then also want to say that uh really appreciate everybody coming out at the district west earlier tonight 32 33 north mesa had a lot of people out there great food great drink specials we'll be out there tomorrow for the big one chiefs 49ers so if you uh want to stop by we'll be there as early as one o'clock and that is 600 espn el paso uh and klaq live at the district west for the super bowl our telephone number 915-505-6009 if you want to weigh in um Let me give you my overall theme about this Utah basketball team right now. 
There are two different types of fans that you could be for UTEP basketball. There is the glass half full fan that looks at Conference USA right now and says, look, this league is winnable. There is so much parity in this league. It just takes one team to win uh, you know, some games on the road in order for you to really turn things around on your season and have success on the year. Uh, there's also the chance that your team gets hot in the conference tournament in Huntsville. If this team, if this uh, league has shown you anything right now, it is that there is parity all across the board in Conference USA and that this league is winnable. So that's what the optimistic glass half full fan would say. They would also suggest that, hey, this is a senior laden group. You've got uh, Tay Hardy, Calvin Solomon, Zid Powell. Those three are seniors. Uh, you also sprinkle in experienced guys like Jonathan Dosanjos, Otis Frazier III. Uh, those are those guys have had experience, have played college basketball for a lot of time. You know, for a long uh, portion of their years. Now, let's say if you are a uh, glass-half-empty UTEP fan, you'll say, well, UTEP hasn't won a road game. They should not be talked about in a successful light unless you see them string together wins uh, consistently. They look great to start games, but then they have offensive woes, and then they let teams come back into the games. Um, I think you can be – it's interesting. I think there are two different types of UTEP fans, glass-half-full, glass-half-empty right now as it's stand Sal and uh, yeah I think right now where I stand is I'm not overreacting to this win I'm not you know take I'm not overreacting to home wins just yet I want to see it happen on the road but I will be fair in crediting UTEP for beating the their rivals by 25 points it's not fair for me to come on here and say that the miners uh, played terribly on the road at the Pan Am Center and really hammer home the miners after that loss to the Aggies in their first uh, game in Conference USA to this group yet not you know overplay their big victory at home so it's not fair for me to do that now I have to tell you that that was a, a relevant win for the Miners and it looked good at home it was a 25 point killing against the rivals and New Mexico State had a couple different chances to come back in this one and the Miners didn't let him do it so Sal where do you stand are you glass half empty glass half full or somewhere in between right now I think it's somewhere in between because I think the the more realistic um judgments i guess and opinions are are they're more valuable when they do what they haven't done before now now tonight i think it is warranted i think it is justified they were able to to play solid they had a good game plan and um pretty much throughout the game there was very few spots that that you could say um would hamper them i I don't think they they got on droughts tonight which is super helpful something they haven't um done in a very very long time so for them to be efficient on offense and um, I, i know there was some fouls and a lot of craziness early on but they were able to stay on top of that momentum wave pretty much throughout the whole night so uh, you got to give them credit for that they they made their shots today which is definitely helpful and um, they were able to to assert dominance in, in a lot of plays where the Aggies could have easily crept back in so you got to give them credit for doing what they did tonight um in a you know, in a very dominant way. You no, know, I'm totally, a rival too. Yeah, it's your crowd. It's the rival, great crowd, wide out game. And, and you know, uh, I got to give the promotion teams a, a ton of credit. They threw the kitchen sink out tonight. I mean, you, you really think about it. It's the wide out game. It's, uh, it's the Battle of I 10. It's Stefan Jackson night as well. They get all these fans excited. They threw the kitchen sink out tonight and they got a great response. 10,000 plus in attendance. What a great crowd tonight. Uh, I loved it. And NMSU showed up 
too. They had a nice uh, little group of fans as well. So it wasn't just, you know, all Utah. But I would say that the white shirts and the orange and blue just pretty much dominated tonight as far as the crowd goes. So good stuff by them. 915-505-6009, ESPN El Paso everywhere, and then 600ESPNElPaso.com. We got a bunch of tweets to get to, but before we do that, let's go to the, the phones. Uh, first up on the phones, it is Chris who's joining us. Chris, good evening, man. What's going on? Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for letting me on. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to share a couple things. Um, um, I'm sure my daughter is finally happy to see how I've described when I was a kid going to the Don in the 80s and 90s on how exciting it would be when it was, you know, packed. And I know we didn't sell out, but we were just so close to it. And she was the first to say, Dad, it's loud. And I'm like, yeah, that's how it used to be. And boy, it would be nice to bring it back to that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Joe Golding commented on this, Chris, and just to your point, uh, Joe Golding was saying, imagine if they had 10,000 every night, and yeah, I get it, you know, UTEP's got to do their part, and they've got to win some of these games too, uh, but it is something that's real special to see. You know, the Don Haskins Center is one of the most, uh, you know, sp- I think it's a really, really special arena. I really do. And and I, you know, I've traveled, I've obviously gone to a lot of different college basketball games, but I believe that the Haskins Center has something special about it. I mean, it's like the pit you know you think about the success new mexico state or new mexico excuse me has had in the lobos this season in particular they're a ranked team right now they're packing the pit and they've got their fans all the way bought back in they're going to be going to the ncaa tournament to some level they even though they lost tonight to unlv i still believe they're they're going to be a a tournament team uh and that team has really seen a a rise in their own fans so i kind of feel like utep should be at that same level too i mean they should have a high standard when it comes to their crowds and tonight that was a really really good night 10,000 plus in attendance for a team that has been inconsistent this whole season uh, I like it I really like it for you Tep. true and then one thing another thing I noticed there was a lot of kids in, in the in the, um, in the in the crowd in the stands and I, I was <clears throat> I'm surprised that we don't do anything more to encourage you know the youth to come out because I mean that's that's the future and that's where we we want to build on uh, on the. Oh, and the other thing I also noticed the student section. Holy Jesus, man! That was awesome to see. That section was full. That was the fullest section in in, in the stadium. It was awesome. Yeah, and, and the team, and I appreciate the phone call, Chris. Thanks for weighing in. And the whole team goes after the game, and they go into the student section, and they get excited with the, the fans, the students themselves. So, uh it's a good sight to see. You know, you definitely want to see things like that. You want the students to come back in these games. You want the fans to come back as well. Hey, the one fan that did not make it tonight was Scotty Walden, UTEP football head coach Scotty Walden. Uh, he had actually the birth of his second child, Maverick. That's why he didn't get in. Big shout-out to Alberto Retta, who uh, who gave us that insight earlier today. And Alberto, that's the reason why Scotty Walden was not in attendance tonight. But I'll tell you this, uh, he was supposed to be UTEP's hype man tonight. Tonight, next to our very own or uh, uh, Jason Craig, the UTEP DJ, and uh, he was supposed to actually be next to him tonight. Yeah, I heard he was supposed to rile up the fans, uh, something serious right there before the the tip off. But unfortunately, he doesn't make it. Had, uh, bigger issues, big, bigger things at hand. No issue, no issue whatsoever. Yeah, the birth of his child, a, a great moment, day. A huge moment for him. So yes. yeah, he didn't make it out. But you know, I was listening a little earlier, and I just wanted to uh, just build on what. Stephon Jackson was saying and um, David Terrell Jr. commented on the size of the crowd and how he had never played in something that went in front of that many fans and he said he really enjoyed it and now I have to 
turn to minor fans and ask, what do you think is going to happen when a recruiter comes and tells him, we average 12,000, 13,000 fans every game, get out of here, and also gives him $150,000 to come play at their school. Like Stefan Jackson says, that, that could change the, your life, your family's life. Like, how does a, a player stay here at UTEP? And I think that's what, that's my biggest takeaway of the day. Yes, the yeah. minors won, but it, it the more the minors win, the more things happen, the more I'm like, man, this is not going to be pretty in the summer. Well, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, right? Because uh, yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things that uh, that you know I, I understand as far as this team goes. But I also think that you have to understand this this fan base feels like they should be you know I, I guess the Fairweather fans want to watch a winner, and if they want to watch a winner, chances are they're going to probably win these games at home. So you know to hammer at home, I, I do believe that if you're somebody who wants to watch this team win games it's going to happen at the Don Haskins Center for sure uh as far as recruits go tonight they had I think they had KJ Thomas in town and they had Jaden Leverett uh in town tonight um well obviously he lives here but they had him at the Haskins Center tonight and so this was a great night to have any recruit out there whether they're a commit whether they're you know somebody that UTEP's targeting it's a great night to have them out there tonight because uh when this place is rocking when this place does have 10,000 in attendance it's hard it, it is magical like Joe Golding said I, I agree with what he was saying. Hey, I got a couple texts about the uh, the Stephon Jackson brought up. You know, I brought up the Jason Williams mention over there. Uh, look, I know th- off the record uh, from both those guys that this is in the past. Uh, I brought up Jason Williams just thinking, you know, somebody in his time. I get it. They had he obviously had punched him. Jason Williams punched Stephon Jackson at one point. Uh, but I but I know that these two guys have put it. Uh, behind them, um, I'm not sure that either of them, you know, necessarily want to sing each other's praises, but I do know that they have respect for each other off the record, and uh, yeah, or I mean, off the court and all that kind of stuff for each other. So uh, yeah, most definitely, those two guys uh, have squashed their beef. It's not like they've hold uh, held on to any kind of grudge. Uh, but big shout out to Stefan Jackson for uh, you know talking with us here earlier on the show. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Milkman is next on the phone lines milkman good evening man what's going on hey what's going on it's uh, great to talk to you after a after a game like that yeah i mean they needed it right they needed a, an emphatic victory like this 25 point win and uh if i'm gonna hold this team accountable for losing like they did on the road i gotta give them praise and, and glory for what they did at home against this new mexico state team oh 100 i i I'd have lost the house if uh, you'd have told me that you know they were going to win by 25. I'd have been, I'd have been like, absolutely not. Like there, there's no way. But no, I mean, then they led from buzzer to buzzer. I, it was, it was phenomenal, and and, and uh, it was great because I was telling my son about how you know the Haskins Center used to fill up and stuff. We got to see you know a, a glimpse of that, not quite the way it was, but. It was really, really great. A really great night, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that they had recruits there. Because man, if you're going to bring a recruit to a game, tonight was the one to do it. Um, and it was just, it was fun. It felt like, felt like old times, you know. Um, it was, it was great. Um, uh, I also, I heard, uh, I heard Stephon Jackson uh, uh, say um, when you guys were talking about the NIL. Yeah. Uh, that's straight from the horse's mouth. That our all-time leading scorer would not have been here all four years had he been able to jump in the transfer portal. So, I mean, if you need any more proof that it's absolutely ruining college sports, I, I, 
I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you, but it's absolutely. I'm, and you know, kudos to him for being honest. You know, yeah. Because I mean, who, who wouldn't be in that situation? But it's absolutely the worst thing that has ever happened to college sports. I well, mean, let I, me I ask you it. this, Milkman. Let me ask you this because you say ruining sports. Do you believe that it, this right now is uh, to you know is this the university's faults? Is it the the more I guess the richer university's faults? Is it the NCAA's fault? Whose fault is this right here? In your yeah, opinion, I, when, yeah. When you're teaching college kids that you know uh, that uh, all they got to do is is like they're already getting a scholarship, right? So you're teaching them, well, you know, you come to one of the, the schools that already have all the money, and you're going to be making, God, some of these guys are millionaires, you know, by the time they leave. It, it's, it, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's just tasteful. It's, just, it's like, you know, you're supposed to earn that kind of stuff after you get out of college, you know what I mean? Like it just seems, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's distasteful. And, it, I mean, and, and just the fact that they, they won't be there for all four years, like, you know, you used to be able to count on in the old days. You know, it's like, oh, we got a great player. and Oh, no, now, now we don't. <laughs> no, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just, it, it's, I, I, I can't stand it. I, I, I really can't stand it. And, yeah. and I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how you're a coach. I don't, like, I don't know how you, you know, kudos to the coaches that have figured it out. But how do you balance, like, not even know you gotta you gotta keep recruiting your own team. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you do that. Like, I I don't know. It, it just it's it's bizarre to me. I don't know why they ever did that. I mean, you know, I I, I have ideas why they did it, but it, it I it still it's the worst thing well, that's ever. Happened. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this right here, Milkman. One more question to you, and then I'll let you go. Would you, if this, you know, you say all this stuff about NIL and the transfer portal right now and, and what it stands, would you give more leniency to Joe Golding if things don't work out this year, knowing what you know right now about how difficult it is to manage NIL and the transfer portal? Oh, well, yeah, I, I, I already do. I already do, you know, uh, I already know that it's difficult, and I, in fact, I we had a conversation about this on on your show uh, a little while ago, um, where you know we don't know everything that's going on in the back rooms, and we don't know we don't know what all their you know what what balls they're juggling, right? But but I did make the point that you know you still got to figure it out because all the other coaches are having to figure it out too, right? So I mean, yes, I, I do give them that grace that it's. It is very difficult. It's a it's a whole new ball game, but somebody's figuring it out. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, so, I mean that that's you know that's how I feel. Okay. Hey, Milkman, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. 915-505-6009. I'll just say this, Sal, as far as the transfer portal, NIL, all this stuff uh, goes, you know, this is nothing, it's nothing's going to change. Transfer portal is going to really hurt the hearts of UTEP fans and break the the hearts fans year after year. Just as, as much as you think that you have a player who's, you think is going to come back no matter what next year, that player ends up leaving. We, at this point last year, Zarko Nyema was a surefire, no doubt about it, returning player for this UTEP basketball team, in our opinions. At that at this point last year, no doubt about it. We were thinking he was he was for sure returning to UTEP. And then he goes to Texas. So things change fast in college basketball. That's all I'm saying. You know what? That's a great example. And um I, I even want to switch it over to football. I, I think kind of a similar situation is um 
that hometown Say connection it. to UTEP. Deion Hankins. Yep. I think everybody was 100%, you know, uh, set on the idea that he was going to return. And, and who knows? And be like the pillar of the per- new yeah. program, right? And who knows? Maybe even at that time he felt that way. But, I mean, hey, things change. And you got to be able to adapt. you got to be able to evolve with the way that the game is going. Otherwise, you're just going to be lost you know, thinking about how good everything was in the good old days when you can get away with with uh, things that you can't get away with now. But you got to be able to adapt and evolve to uh, stay relevant in college athletics. <laughs> but man, do things change quickly? Uh, pick my axe nine one five. Good win and fantastic attendance tonight. Now UTEP, please go win on the road. And can we get? Uh, and can we make these Texas Western uniforms full time? Just replace Western with El Paso. Get Adidas on the phone hashtag minor talk um he also says this i bet new mexico vanderbilt fans are pissed off right now better than <laughs> better than to be pissed on dot 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 wait Ooh, man wow pick my axe 915 a little tough there. Uh, Manny David, great win tonight. Not a perfect game. Still need to clean up the turnovers and free throw shooting. Big win like this is definitely a confidence builder. Western Kentucky is going to be tough. Hopefully they can get their first road win coming up. Hashtag go Miners. King Eric, can we all agree these Texas Western uniforms are the best uniforms in Conference USA? No doubt about it. Yeah. I'll say this. So you know how it's glass half empty, glass half full. I love these uniforms, but also at the oh, same time, oh, a butt, a butt. What other uniforms are good in Conference USA? <laughs> I'm sorry, it's like FIU. Uh, it's like I kind of like those black FIU a, ones. Class, man. I yeah. like the. I, sometimes I like those black FIU ones when they go the neon. No, not the vice ones. Not in. I like the football more than their basketball. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll level with you there. Jacob Matthew, over the last four games, uh, David Terrell Jr. has started to look more comfortable with the ball before he was always looking to pass the ball up. Um, this one coming in from Mike V, El Paso Burgess grad. Uh, this is talking about um, Tony White, who is a lot of people are trying to bring to UCLA right now with the opening that uh, – Chip Kelly created after going over to Ohio State. Uh, this coming in from Snappy Trades. Hell yeah, uh, Stephon Jackson is probably my favorite minor. This is also from Hernando uh, Villa. When the transfer portal was not a thing, talking about Stephon Jackson. Uh, this is from Pick My Axe 915. Or actually, excuse me. This is uh, from. Pick my axe 915. Funny enough, Conference USA is still wide open. Hashtag minor talk. It's so true. I mean, Conference USA really is wide open right now. Um, yeah, that's that's the bottom line. Uh, this is coming in from Hermosillo. That is a uniform. This should be the template for all UTEP men's basketball jerseys. Repli- replace the Texas with UTEP and Western with minors. Uh, and UTEP should be using these all the time. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I love these uniforms. I think they're they're actually kind of good luck for UTEP, whether it's football or, or basketball. I think they're good luck. Travis Allen Fortune. Tonight's performance was by far the best of the season. If the minors continue to play like this and like they did tonight, the sky is the limit. 
at 600 ESPN El Paso. Um, you know what? As far as the best performance of the season, Sal, would you agree on that? Would you say that tonight was the best performance of the season by yeah. UTEP this year? W- without a doubt, because uh, they, they looked great on all phases for a very good part of the game. I mean, yeah, if, if we want to, you know, get picky and, uh, you know, poke at, you know, some instances, I guess. But, no, you feel you feel way better after a game like this than, than some of the other ones in the past. And also, too, New Mexico State has um, has been, you know, playing better on their part as yes, well within they have. the last, what, four games or so. So um, this is a team who who's kind of shaping things up to um, – to playing towards something. They're, they're not lost in the weeds anymore. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Just because uh, UTEP lost that game to Liberty last week, I was thinking that the Miners would lose uh, in this game. I was really down on this group. But, um, like, you know, I was, t- I was talking to Colin Deaver beforehand, and he was like, no, nah, I think UTEP wins this one. He was really talking about how bad NMSU plays on the road at times. And so I, I don't know if, I, I don't know what you want to say. If you want to say it was a bad performance by NMSU, or if you want to credit UTEP for playing great, I think UTEP played play pretty pretty well man i mean shooting 42 percent from three-point range that's huge they held nmsu to shooting 11 percent from beyond the arc which was solid as well uh miners the 57 percent from the free throw line is not good and the 15 turnovers isn't good either but they forced 20 so you got to give credit to utep uh if i'm being picky I shouldn't be. This team pretty much dominated the entire game, and uh, NMSU cut it to like five at some points. They cut it to eight at other points. They hung around, but the Miners were able to distance themselves, and they led by as much as 27 at one point, 74 to 47, and uh, yeah, I mean, 25 point was their final lead and their final victory when it was all said and done. 915-505-6009, our telephone number, 600 ESPN El Paso on social media. Hey, I want to give a big Big shout out to my Tokayo Adrian. He's a coach out with uh, Kenny Theo. I also want to give a big shout out to Beto. They all stopped by at the District West. Same with Pinky. He stopped by there as well. Sal Monte was, was there. He got a chance to feast on the great wings, and uh, those wings are fantastic from uh, earlier today. And so, yeah, that, that really uh, set us up. And uh, yeah, I thought that fueled me for the whole game, Sal. I, I needed something, man, and it was funny because I was about to uh, head over here and probably order something on an app and, you know, pick it up, set everything up. But no, you, you text me right in time. You texted me before I could <laughs> open any any apps, and sure enough, man, uh, I had the uh, the chicken wings, the buffalo lemon pepper. Also had the garlic parm. Buffalo lemon pe- pepper. I, 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 I brought some hot sauce because I always like to, to have it on the side. You know, keeps it crunchy. You, you don't got to sog them up. And, man, delicious stuff. Their fries are amazing, too. So definitely want to give a, a big shout-out to the district for the amazing uh, the amazing fuel that, that powered the miners <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to the routing win over the Aggies. It fueled us for sure. That's, that's uh, no <laughs> doubt. Hey, Jimmy's next on the phone lines. Jimmy, good evening, man. What's going on? Good evening. Great game tonight. Uh, I actually have season ticket holes have been going to the game for decades. Uh, I was actually surprised that many people came out tonight. So shout out to El Paso for, uh, for showing up. Uh, I was not expecting the crowd to be that big. Yeah, I, I wasn't either, man. And I got to give a big shout out to El Paso for showing up tonight. I, and good job by the promotions team. You know, they sent the, they really threw the kitchen sink out tonight to try to get everybody out there. The whiteout was great. The, they felt, it felt like they had more than 4,000 t shirts, which was also pretty solid. Yeah, really, really fun time, fun atmosphere. In terms of sustainability, um, I don't know what you can do about NIL at the end of the day. The, you know, the, the big schools are going to have. Uh, the big bucks, but it kind of shocked me, and I don't think it's related to NIL, but 
the money in, in college sports. The UCLA football coach goes to the OC for Ohio State. That to me is just mind blowing, almost as mind blowing as, as um, when Terry left to be an assistant at, at Texas. So just the landscape has changed. What, what UTEP can do and what needs to do, and I quite frankly think that the president needs to step it up, is, is facilities. The Don Haskins is, is like walking into a 1995 uh, basketball arena. It's near 50 years old, and they need to just upgrade that facility if you want to be competitive into, into the future. And, and well, the, real the quick, real quick, is, Jimmy, yeah. what, what do you want to see fixed from it? Because this is you an know, interesting topic. In at a, Adrian, at, at a minimum, when you go into the arena and you have the uh, trophies case, the trophies are lopsided. They're not all – do the small stuff, paint job, upgrades. I mean, when you, go to a, when you go to a baseball game at the Southwest Park with the Chihuahuas, you get a first-class experience. The food is good. The restrooms are clean. It looks good. UTEP just has not kept up that Don Haskins Center. I'm not saying build arena, although I, I would love a new arena. Um, but what you have, take care of it, make sure it looks good, make sure it's clean. The yellow paint in the concourse is absolutely terrible. It's not acceptable. And when we're talking about recruits and keeping people here, facilities make a big difference. And one of the things I give Bob Stahl and not Alicia a lot of credit for is in the first part of the 2000s, there was a tremendous build-out of additional infrastructure um, for the athletics program. I don't know if the current administration has any plans whatsoever but what's on the ground right now is just it's not acceptable in the 21st century. Simply not. Interesting, Jimmy. Hey, I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate your thoughts, and I appreciate your phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Our telephone number, if you would like to follow up that phone call, 915-505-6009. Fair point about the facility upgrades and just you know doing the little details. I'll say this, the Gordon uh, Courtside Club, for those who actually you know are the donors and, and who can experience that, seems like a really nice upgrade. Uh, I know they're doing something else in the tunnel that is actually uh, – it seems like it's actually um, you know going a little quicker – they're unveiling the statue coming up here soon enough, but those are just kind of the nicer things. You just want to see the facilities be uh, maintained, like uh, you know Jimmy was saying, and some of those things seem pretty basic. So maybe they're able to rectify some of those uh, things over the off season or hear this phone call, and you know maybe prioritize these upgrades here moving forward. So there you go, uh, good stuff there, Jimmy. I appreciate it. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Glass half full, glass half empty. That's that's. Kind kind of what we're asking right now and uh sal your thoughts on jimmy's call did you do you feel like uh you know it kind of needs those upgrades right there or anything else that you want to chime in on yeah the, the upgrades are definitely needed um you know with with more people going obviously there, there's going to be a lot more I, I hate to say wear and tear I, you know it's such a bad phrase in, in that sense but i mean it's not going to be in the same condition, the new condition, the nice condition that it was before the more that people are going to be going there and if you plan on winning if you plan on you know having this program excel in a lot of areas with it comes that other that other responsibility of the upgrades and whatnot but i think in terms of the transfer portal people are like well what can you utep do make more money for these guys yeah i mean that that's that's it at the end of the day you can't worry about a player leaving the school for more money when you're not raising your own money if if they're going if they're leaving because they can make x amount more then so be it but if you're going to go down, you got to go down swinging. You can't take the pitch. Yeah, good point there, too. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, and we've hashed this out a lot as far as NIL goes, as far as Transfer Portal goes, but uh, it's up to the collective themselves to try to continue to raise yeah. more money and try
try to continue to retain teams because that NIL collective wasn't just established to recruit and lure players here. It's to re-recruit the current players on the roster, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, this is coming in from Poncho. Good win from for UTEP tonight. I wish it would have been a sellout, but it was still a good crowd. Need to make their layups. They missed seven of them. Also, UTEP Athletics, why don't the parking attendants don't, uh, stay after the games to help with traffic? Interesting, Poncho. This is coming in from Cesar Cubillos. Great game for the jumpers to start hitting. Loving to see uh, Hardy run the game. Dosanjo's looking good today also. Love the student section alive. Uh, great win. Now let's get one on the road. Hashtag this is our house. Hashtag guns down. Um, Dosanjos, man, he's played pretty well these past couple games. I think fans are really down on him, but off the bench. He's uh, really picked it up. He had six points that he scored off the bench, 13 minutes of action. He made his presence felt, uh, and Solomon played pretty well today, too. Six points, grabbed 11 rebounds in just 15 minutes off the bench, so I like the performance from some of their bigs tonight. Uh, I'm still not all the way in on Kalu, although he had a better performance tonight. Five points on two of two from the field, and five rebounds in 20 minutes, although he did have a couple of turnovers that were a little questionable. Uh, and then same with he had four turnovers tonight, which were definitely questionable, uh, but he could definitely improve on that. And I mean, you know, I think for both those guys, it's just about playing turnover free basketball. It's about actually, you know, not being a liability on their team, being somebody that's more of a, uh, you know, some something somebody that's more reliable down low as far as a big. Hey, Alberto, let me swing it over to you. Uh, you've de- you were out there in the second half tonight, but you were also out at softball tonight. Uh, we are actually kicking things off for the next uh, edition of the TJ Hubbard era for this uh, softball squad so far. Give me your thoughts. It was a little bit rainy outside tonight. Uh, what did we see out there at Helena Troy Field? Well, the miners. Uh had a rough season last season and I think that was mostly due to their their lack of arms so this this season um we've seen the miners debut two arms of uh, Faith Aragon and um Taja Felder Taja Felder coming from the Louisiana University has big wins against big opponents so that's really good and she had a great outing in her first outing yesterday and then today the miners put out Faith Aragon who had a great first game but um Today, her game wasn't as good, so I'm just looking to see the development that the Miners have at the pitching uh, in the pitching mound because that's where they most needed it last year. Yeah, and so that's what I'm expecting. Just more your arms to go more to to go deeper into the game, and is, and and now they're working Zaylee Calderon, who was mo- their prime their their primary pitcher last year. They're not working her as a closer. She's been coming in late into the game and closing the game out for them, and that's been pretty successful when she when she comes in with the lead she usually shuts it out so that's been fun you know it's not fair to say uh, pitching is the kind of like the only key in softball but it's one of the biggest keys in softball at least what I see from co- from the college perspective and when you don't have uh, the arms to get it done it makes it real difficult for some of these uh, teams so hopefully for this squad and for TJ Hubbard who's desperate to try to see things turn around for this uh, softball team hopefully this is a season in which we could do it so we'll do some check-ins with you later on in the season Alberto to see how things are going for some softball but I appreciate that hey 915-505-6009 more on Twitter or X Minor Joe 
Stephon Jackson had the mid-range game that no one has anymore. Hashtag perfection. Uh, Tristan Pence, tonight's crowd tonight energized the Miners. Frazier, Solomon, and Terrell had excellent games. Terrell seems to get better every game. Let's hope the Miners bottle, um, bottle up tonight's energy and take it on the road next week. Uh, yeah, I hear you there. Tristan and I appreciate it. Thanks so much for weighing in. Uh, this is from Leo underscore minor fans. Skylar Jackson, future minor. Hashtag minor talk. What did you think about that, Sal? Man, that's awesome. Generational talent right there. We're, we're going to have statues of uh, of <laughs> Jackson outside. I like it. I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, pick my axe 915. I agree that NIL right now is ruining college basketball, but it's only fair. Look at Chip Kelly. He took off right after signing day. Players deserve that freedom as well, and they deserve to make the money. Universities make millions off of them. Hashtag minor talk. Joe Chacon. This was a great win for the Miners. One thing, can we fix the lazy passes? And can someone stop the easy layups? Crash the boards like animals tonight. That wins games. Ha- uh, hashtag repping from Colorado now. Hashtag Brock is my OG. Adrian is my brodus. Sal is my pal. Si se puede. Hashtag who's next. That's coming from Joe Chacon. Uh, let's keep the phone lines moving. Man, we got full phone lines. Here we go. 915-505-6009. Pinky is first up up on the phone lines pinky good evening man what's going on hey uh, good afternoon good afternoon my god good evening <laughs> good evening uh, man <laughs> hey uh, for, uh first of all it was great seeing you and sal at the district today Thanks, sal, man. it was great good. to see you sal and, always and, looks good man that's all you pinky <laughs> hey, uh, and uh, and also before I forget, great shows this week from las vegas i, I you guys were awesome over there thank you so much now, man i appreciate that now, uh, I'm not even going to talk about the game. I just want to ask people that's complaining about uh, Don Haskins, have they ever been to any other arenas or compared, compared it to anywhere else that, that's like that? Haskins is now, what, 50 years old? 73? Interesting, I yeah. I, I got to do the digging on what it actually was. So, you know, if you go to places like uh, Texas San Antonio, what a dump. <laughs> And, and places like that 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 we've I've gone to, you know, New Mexico State's nice. The pit, mm-hmm. you know, it's nothing really big or fancy. It's just a big pit. Uh, what other places have I gone to? SMU, SMU's terrible. Okay. Uh, North Texas, eh, so-so now. But I, I don't know how, you know, we should be happy with what we got right now. I know we want better, and that we like to have improvements. But, you know, it takes money like everything else. And uh, uh, all I got to say about that is just be happy with what you got. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, I mean it's, it's, it could be worse. And believe me, I went to the – I saw games at Memorial Gym, and I saw games at the Coliseum. There's no way you can compare the Don Haskins Arena to those two. There isn't for basketball. And that's my point, and it's just to let everybody know we could be worse, and we were worse at one time. But, you know, um, me, I love the Haskins. And the only problem is, like everything else with the Haskins, is the parking at times. Sure. But that's what happens when you have a big crowd like today. Yeah, so no, I, I, I hear you, that's man. A, that's, that's a good thing. But, uh, you know, and the miners, uh, some of them <laughs> – on first turnovers, where they just threw it to an open space, it's just really frustrating. 
And of, and of course, the free throws again. They have to improve on the free throws, especially in games like this. Yeah, great, great that has victory. to happen. Great victory, great crowd. Um, I mean, uh, even all the Aggie fans that were there, I appreciate them coming down. That was great of them. And uh, I just, I'm just happy. I was just so uh, dumbfounded. Where has this team been all year long and the last three years? That's it. There you go. I'm out. Good stuff, Pinky. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Let's burn through some phones. Let's keep it moving so we can free up some phone lines. If you uh, want to keep going, 915-505-6009. That is our telephone number, 600 ESPN El Paso on social media and 600 ESPN El Paso.com. Uh, let's keep it moving. Zed is next. Zed, good evening. What's going on? Who? Zed? Hello? Hello, hello. Ed. Ed. Oh, Ed. I'm sorry, Ed. He said it's Ed, and I thought he said Zed. <laughs> it's all good. Ed, what's going on, man? Go ahead. Not much. How you guys doing? Long time no talk, my friend. How are you? I know. It's been a while. It's been a while. I had a, I was going to, I'm going to change the tone a little bit from when I, uh, when I called in because of the caller that called in about the Don Haskins center, but sure. I did want to make two separate comments here. First of all, no matter how New Mexico is doing and they're doing great this year, we've got to get that game. We've got to get that rivalry back to have, you know, now that New Mexico State's in our conference, but we got to be playing New Mexico every year, no matter what. And yeah, so that's, that's a good point. That is just, I mean, it, we, that's just a missed opportunity there. And, and the Lobo fans will travel down here. They're just, they're just like the Aggie fans. And we go up there, too. Um, but we got to do that. But in reference to the, the caller that was talking about the Don Haskins Center, I think it's a beautiful, clean arena. And I just think it needs a little bit of cosmetic work. Uh, you know, I was looking at the TVs on top of the uh, snack stands. And I think we should put some brand new uh, flat screens up there, bigger, obviously, and then kind of just modernize the concessions, you know, make them a little bit more modern. And then, you know, that area on the west entrance that has the mountain, yes. a little area that's kind of tucked in there. Yes. Maybe they ought to think about putting, uh, you know, designing something where you have some outdoor vendors making like, fresh hamburgers and brockwurst and chicken burgers and um, maybe some new lighting. But for me, the Don Haskins Center is beautiful. I just think it needs some cosmetic work and maybe some modernization on the bathrooms. But other than that, I think it's a beautiful arena. Okay. Uh, I've All always, right. I've always, I've always loved it. But uh, oh, I just want to say one other thing real quick. I was really impressed with Sid Powell's passing. And I saw like three or four passes, and they were really impressive. And I'll hang up, but I was really impressed with his passing. Uh, looked really sharp, very accurate, and I hadn't seen that before. So, anyhow, great time. I'll hang up and I'll let you guys talk. Hey, appreciate it, Ed. Thanks for weighing in on the show, 915-505-6009. We've opened up two phone lines, so if you've been trying to weigh in, uh, now is the time to do it, 915-505-6009. Mentions the modernization to some of the key things that he sees in the concourse, uh, so I appreciate that. As far as Zid Powell goes, four assists tonight, uh, led the minors in that category. Two turnovers, though, in 22 minutes of action. Eight points, by the way, for Zid Powell on three of 11 from the field. 
field. So I want to see him uh, score some more points when he's shooting that me- uh, that much. And, uh, you know, I thought that Corey Camper Jr. should have shot more tonight. I think Tay Hardy, 13 attempts. You know, he was pretty crisp, pretty efficient as far as his attempts go. But I, I think he could have even taken more. And, uh, I mean, this team is pre- playing pretty selfless, though. Uh, if I'm at- saying all this stuff, I'm, pr- I'm pretty much being picky at this kind of, you know, when I'm mentioning all this stuff because they share the basketball. They're playing pretty selfless right now, and um, that's something you definitely want to see from this team moving forward here going into February. But uh, what do you think of Zid Powell's game tonight, Sal? Uh, I thought it was nice. I think um, you got to see uh, the the aggressiveness that you want him to play with. Uh, the, the scoring numbers aren't going to reflect the uh, the effort tonight, and I think body language in general for everybody on the floor was, was a lot more solid, especially when plays didn't go their way. I know that there were some silly turnovers, but having that mentality to just – Put that play, you know, in the rearview mirror and, you know, look forward to what's ahead for that next series. I think was incredible. And you see that trust that they played with tonight. It it hasn't been there, um, you know, on full display like it was tonight. So it's easy to say this, obviously, when when you win by uh, 20 plus. However, um, those are the the little things that you got to be better at in order to improve. So um, in general, just a lot more of a team effort and a team display. No, exactly. I, I'm with you on that completely. Hey, nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Who liked the Casey Eziagu taunting? Uh, down 24 in a rivalry game. How about who? Who liked that one right there? The little too too small celebration right there. Hey. You got to get in where you fit in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Get get it while you can. What did Denzel Washington say? Hey, I'm leaving here with something. <laughs> what do you exactly think, Alberto? Uh, I would have just hit him with a scoreboard, you know. I, I I find it to be in bad taste, you know. If I were his teammate, I wouldn't like it, but hey, teach your own. Okay, I'm going to ask you, Sal. Rank these three. Rank these three for me, okay? Kevin Kalu, Casey Iziagu, Zarek Onyema. Rank them for me right now. Um, I'm going to say... From three to one. From three to one? Yes. Oh, man. One being the best, three being the worst. As a minor or... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great question. No, um, overall player. Overall, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say... Three Kalu, uh, two Casey, and one's going to be Zarek. <laughs> you and I have the same list. Let's That's keep it crazy. moving. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Our telephone number. We're too hard on Kevin Kalu. I sold all my stock. Zay's the only one who has stock. No, I, I still have. A, you have a little shares. Yeah. You have a couple shares left. No, big time. Whatever his jersey number is, that's the percentage of my portfolio that I. have. Okay, I like. I like that a lot. Uh, let's keep it going. Uh, Adam from the East Side is joining us next. It's great to catch up with Adam after a while. Good evening, Adam. What's going on? Hey, how are you guys? Okay, Adam. How are you? things just a little preface uh just to kind of like preface things i haven't watched the second half uh of the basketball game yet i'm going to do that here in a little bit i I know the score um i kind of like scotty walden we welcomed our first child into this world so i just want to let wow no way uh, stop you're kidding uh, me right now you're where are you calling me from no no no. uh i'm calling you from home right now uh, but, you know, my wife and I are, you know, we're just t- taking care of some medical stuff. And, um, you know, but uh, we're helping Jim Center grow that fan population. So there you go. Our baby boys, uh, our, our baby boys are already like now into this world. And, and of course, uh, it had to yeah. come during UTEP and MSU rivalry week. Hey, uh, Adam, congratulations to you and your wife. Uh, you all are Thanks, great man. UTEP fans. And, uh, man, I can't think I can't congratulate you all enough. This is huge news right here. Great. So what's your what's your little boy's name? 
cruise. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, so, we'll we'll get a um, we'll hear another UTEP fan calling into Minor Talk here thirty years from yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's going to be calling you someday. So, um, uh, on a second note, I kind of just uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the facilities. Um, every year, uh, seems like season ticket holders we we get a, we get kind of like an end of year uh, survey <laughs> through UTEP athletics and. I personally kind of felt like I, I take the time to fill it out every year, you know, and it goes over like fan experience. It also goes over facilities and specifics about facilities. And I always, every year for the last several years under other, write a very extensive um, note that talks about specifically the Don Haskins Center and what somebody had talked about in the, in one of your previous callers was the trophy case. And so what I always write in that specific note at the end of the year is you need to clean up the trophy case. You need to wipe it down with a rag. You need to get all that dust off of something because that's basically our pride and tradition. Like that's what we worked for all those years. That trophy case needs to be presentable. That trophy case needs to have more pride in it. So many people walk by that trophy case and if it looks like that and UTEP athletics or UTEP maintenance or whatever it is, Whoever's job it is, that needs to get done. That doesn't cost a lot of money. I know Gym Center usually comes out, we need donors, we need donors, we need money to make this happen. It doesn't It doesn't take much to put a rag to it, set it up, maybe polish it up a little bit. Um, and then the other thing that uh, the caller was talking about is maybe putting a little paint to it. Again, we're not talking about deconstructing things. We're not talking about reconstructing things. All we're talking about is brightening the place up a little bit so for me i do that survey every year i feel like it's kind of gone on deaf ears i specifically fill that out and every year and every week when we go me and my wife we walk our paces around the haskins center before the basketball games i always look and see if that dust has been cleared out of that trophy case every week it has not been cleared out of that trophy case and so let's start there at that trophy case Let's put some paint in the Don Haskins Center. Let's liven it up a little bit. And then as we start progressing, we got to continue to show more pride in our facilities. Okay. All right. I hear you, man. Hey, I appreciate it as always, Adam. And uh, congratulations again to you and your wife uh, for welcoming in Cruz into the world, uh, your your uh, newest addition to the family. So I really uh, you know, congratulate you and your wife for that. And hopefully see you soon, man. See you at one of these hey, upcoming we'll games. Soon. All right, man. You take care. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Let's do this. Uh, we, we're going to um, turn the page, and we're going to look to next week. We're also going to give our uh, player of the game right here. We're going to do it right here, and we're going to do our hot hand of the game here presented by Wind Supply El Paso. Let's do those two things right now as we continue. 915-505-6009. If anybody has a late call, they want to duck in. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter or X, and then 600 ESPN El Paso.com if you want to weigh in as well. El Paso Visuals Deportivos. Since it's this one, while they're tr- cleaning out the trophy case, they can also fix the internet and data issues at the Don Haskins Center. Oh man, oh, I, you know what they they recently moved me. They recently moved me, um, and I have a great spot right now. So I don't want to say anything bad about UTEP uh, as far as that goes. Uh, they recently moved me into the best spot I've ever been in, and I'm afraid to say anything bad, Alberto. What do you think? 
Yeah, just you know what it just sounds like from these two callers that have complained about these things. It's just there's, and I've said this before. I haven't said it to anyone at UTEP Athletics because my voice is is doesn't carry any weight. There's just there seems to be a lack of attention to detail and some stuff, and that's really frustrating. That's really frustrating. Like for example, one of the things that got me going like last or like a couple months ago was during the NIVC, right? There's yeah. The, arguably the biggest sporting event for UTEP Athletics in the last couple of years. And you show up to the game in the trash can right outside of the, the game. The huge trash container is full of trash. It's just the lack of attention. To the, it's like the little things. So, yeah, the thing is I don't like to complain about this stuff because I'll just go on a rant. And I'll, and you'll get me started and I'll go off and I'll start talking about uniforms and this and the other because it's all about the attention to detail, those little things. And, and sometimes those things slip slip by. Well, I'll tell you this. It, it, it is really important. I mean, honestly, this stuff, it, to some people, it is not uh, necessarily a big deal. But to others, it is a big deal. The little things are a big deal. So for those fans who pay a lot of money and go to these games as season ticket holders, as donors, you know, guys like Adam, um, you know, they have the right to say these things. They have the right to um, give their feedback and end-of-the-year surveys and stuff like that. And, hey, uh, we'll give them this platform to voice their thoughts as well. So, you know, I, I don't really see it from that point of view. I don't see these little details at times, but my, that's not my job. Uh, you know, your job as a fan is to look at all these things and, uh, you know, to give some feedback on things like that. So I totally understand. Hey, 915-505-6009, that's our telephone number, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter or X and 600 ESPN El Paso.com. I'll just say this, man. I honestly, and this is no joke, I was uh, uploading a video for almost the entire second half on my phone uh, to go on the internet and data issue. That's all I'm going to say. And I don't think it's a UTEP athletics problem. I, I think it's actually just, you know, uh, internet data problem that's going on right now and that they've faced recently. But it's been a, a little bit of an issue that they've been trying, they've been, you know, trying to get better and, and trying to rectify. So I understand what you're saying there, Ivan. I appreciate the message. Uh, this coming in from Alex the Sun King, highlighting that Mid Major Madness said the Haskins Center is rocking tonight, packed house in attendance for a blowout over arch rival New Mexico State. Um, And that's coming from Mid-Major Madness. This is coming in from Jacob Matthew. If they could do uh, those two things, meaning uh, make free throws and not turn the ball over, there's no reason they can't beat any team within the conference. Uh, this is coming in right now uh, as we keep things moving. 915-505-6009. I already read this one uh, from El Paso Visuals Deportivos. And, yeah, I think we've I think we've kind of done, done our work here tonight. I think we've pretty much wrapped things up here in this matchup. Hey, it was a 25-point victory for the Miners. Um, and let's get to some awards right now. Let's, let's start it off with our wind supply El Paso hot hand of the game. There's no question about it in my eyes. No no question whatsoever. This one is going to go to David Terrell Jr. For all what he did in the second half, and that was scoring 12 points in the second half. He shrugged off uh, a tough first half and then came back roaring in the second half. He was 12 points in 12 minutes. He had, he hit four free throws. He grabbed two rebounds or four rebounds in the second half alone. And David Terrell Jr. continues to impress me left and right. Hot hand of the game. And this is presented by Wind Supply El Paso. Hey, if you're looking for a champion furnace, look uh, no further than Wind Supply El Paso. You could check out their web- website, windsupplyelpaso.com. Click the finder dealer 
dealer tab, and then uh, you can actually see those champion dealers that are near you. That is windsupplyelpaso.com for our Hot Hand of the Game award. Um, Sal, in this game, there's one particular move where David Terrell Jr., like, he um, drove on an Aggie defender. Uh, he took it all the way to the hoop and made a bucket, and I was just like, man, this guy is so special. I mean... I'm starting to think he's he's going to be the face of next year's team. Like he's going to be the face of the program, and he might be the guy next year. Like the the guy, like the go to guy, the guy who's going to bring up the ball every time. The guy that UTEP fans have been hoping for, and that's a true point guard. He is a true point guard. Uh, he has some limitations, you know, his shot. He could get better at that over the off season. He could be better uh, on his left handed dribble next off season for sure. And and that's all stuff he can work on in the off season. But defensively, he's there. He's making plays. He he f- is frustrated whenever he doesn't make the play, so he really wants it. And I think this is becoming his team. Like he, next year, he's going to be the face of UTEP. I think. Well, I, I like how you mentioned um, it's, it's going to be his team, and it, it's kind of leaning that way. We, we see the trajectory that he's on, right? With each game, it, it, and we said this before too. I think either the last episode or the one before it seems like the game is slowing down for him. And, yes, and his decisive is is there it's he's moving a couple steps quicker because he makes that move and reads the defense uh, quicker whenever he's on defense as well he's able to um to see the plays develop right in front of him but something that backs that up to Adrian he had the second most shot attempts with 12 tonight so he's in the mix with Powell and Hardy for for those shot attempts it's it it's shifting at this rate, right? Let's say Powell and Hardy are playing solid for a good stretch, and, right. and Terrell is as well. There's no, there's no two, there's no double, there's no duo. It, it could be a trio of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally with you on that. And for David Terrell Jr. to do this in his uh, redshirt freshman, or not even exactly, redshirt, yeah. true freshman season, yeah, excuse yeah, me, yeah. true freshman season, it's just uh, even more important. I, I love it. Um, he's killing it right now. Do not take these moments for granted, Alberto. That's what we've got to tell fans right now because uh, David Terrell Jr., while special, can't take it for granted. I mean, next year, let me just say this as well. Next year, it might not be that, sp- it might not be that smooth sailing. It, it might be tough. He might have a sophomore struggle points, and it's okay. I'm here to tell you it's okay because he's a great basketball player, and when he's at his peak, he's going to be uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal player for this basketball team. You give me your thoughts, Alberto. Yeah, I just I, I hate to be this guy to, to the minor faithful here on Minor Talk, but in my eyes, and this has been decided already because of just the way the the, the minor faithful are, is uh, David Terrell Jr. in my in my opinion is going to be on a different team next year. Ooh. Unfortunately, oh yeah, someone's going to come in early prediction. Him, yeah, someone's going to come in and offer him enough money to to change your life, and it's going to be hard to say no to that. Look at uh, is it, I was telling Sal Montes this, uh, Zerik Onyema and uh, Coach Rodney Terry are both are the prime example of uh, just taking money to go be a, 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 a role player at a, at a bigger institution. I feel like that's what might happen to, to David Terrell Jr. They offered Zerik Onyema $150,000, and he just rides the bench over there. And I think that that's really speaks volumes to me personally. And so did Rodney Terry. He took an assistant job over the head coach job here. Yeah, maybe nobody wanted him, but you usually go from head coach job to another head coach job, so... Yeah, I'm I'm always a pretty I'm a half glass half empty, all the way empty, not even half empty. It's it's been drained <laughs> by the lack of support by the UTEP minor faithful. 
And yeah, that's just I hate to be that guy. I'm sorry. For no, you. I mean, I, no, I, you're you're giving your honest opinion here on this one. So n- never say sorry for that. I'll say this: I think it's way too early to uh, talk about anybody, whether or speculate about anybody hitting the portal or not hitting the portal right now. As it stands, I think this team would do anything to retain uh, David Terrell Jr. And the way that they talk about him on and off the court, uh, they just love him. They want him to be a, a face of this program. And I, I'll just say this: as far as his ties to Utah. He's got uh, deep ties and family ties to UTEP. His both his parents played here at this university. Maybe those things drive him to stay at this school. Maybe I'm giving you kind of wishful thinking, and you're going to play this back in knows, April or yeah. May and think, man, what a clown thought to even think this way when this guy's doing this at just a freshman level. Of course, he's going to be a, a coveted player uh, in the off season, no matter what. So, I mean, look, I, I think that where UTEP stands right now, they're in a great position to keep David Trail Jr. They gave him a ton of opportunities this year to shine. They get they've trusted him early on and I think that if you're going to look at other guys or you know guys to hit the transfer portal. I would look elsewhere on this roster. I, I wouldn't necessarily look at him uh, the way it stands right now. But like we said, we said this earlier on this very show, this this very episode. You can't take college basketball for granted. You can't take players for granted. And things in college basketball nowadays in 2024, they change rapidly. So um, we'll give our, our offseason thoughts, you know, when the season starts to wind down. But an early prediction there by Alberto, and I appreciate it. Uh, and I appreciate the brutal honesty. As we continue, 915-505-6009, our telephone number, and 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter or X. Let's go over to our Timothy Cantrell player of the game. And it's no question on this one either. Tay Hardy. What a performance. Six three-pointers in this matchup. 21 points. He hit 16 points in the first half alone. He also contributed with two steals. He only had a turnover in this game. And I love the post-game press or you know discussion between Teicher and uh, Joe Golding talking about how Tay Hardy, uh, they, they had a meeting with him and just told him to have fun. Simply put, he's only going to be playing college basketball for four more weeks and uh, his career is starting to wind down. But uh, instead of shouldering everything on him and and making it all about trying to will this team to victory, just play a little looser and play to have fun. And I think that's what he did today. The first three three pointers from him uh, were confidence builders for the Miners. And I, I think that he helped lift the Miners in this game to really never look back in this matchup. So player of the night, no doubt about it. He's been their leader all season long. It's Tay Hardy. And uh, he had 21 points tonight, four rebounds, three assists. What a complete game. And um, Joe Golding called him one of the best two-way players in Conference USA. I agree. I think he's up there. I mean, he should be in that conversation for sure, no doubt about it. And this is brought to you by Timothy Cantrell. Hey, if you're looking to buy or sell your home here in El Paso, look no further. Timothy Cantrell can help you out. Give him a call, 915-204-8441. That's 915-204-8441. Or follow him on Facebook at Timothy Cantrell Realtor. Check him him out also at Timothy Realtor on Instagram for the latest listings and tips. That is Timothy Cantrell Realtor here on Minor Talk. Sal, what a performance by Tay Hardy tonight. Yeah, he was active. He was everywhere on the floor and you mentioned only one turnover and uh, which is a great thing considering how how poorly the Miners have taken care of the ball, you know, at times, but my favorite stat is 
as active as he was, he finishes with no fouls to his credit. So he's reliable on defense. And, and you, you mentioned the two-way factor. It's really starting to show just knowing when to when to pull up, when not to. I know some of them, you know, people might think they're rushing and whatnot, but he's playing within the motion of the offense, in my opinion, or he has been recently. So that's what you want to see, guys letting the game come to them. And there's no better example of it uh, tonight than Tay Hardy. So, yeah, perfect choice. I'm, I'm going to tell you choice. this. I'm going to tell you this, Sal. Last year I didn't see this. There's, if you told me this was going to be Tay Hardy last last year, I would have said there's no way. Um, I, I just didn't see it. And this year he's proven everybody wrong. He, Well, at least proven me wrong because I just didn't see him being as impactful as he is right here. And he is. He's very impactful every night. He's turned into uh, this leader who is not only going to lead on and off the court, but he's going to lead in his game. And I just think that this uh, this way that he's been able to level up uh, has been impressive to me. So credit to Tay Hardy. He's the player of the game presented by Timothy Cantrell. No doubt about it in my mind after this matchup. Turn in the page. It is Western Kentucky next week, and it's another road swing. So the whole narrative all week long, it's going to be, can this team win on the road? Can this team win on the road? It's Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee. I have them splitting this road series, and splitting should be definitely the, I guess, the bar. But if they go any lower than that, that's very disappointing knowing how bad Middle Tennessee is this year. Middle Tennessee on the conference season, 3-6, and six, um, and they are 9-15 and 15 right now overall. Uh, you talk about Western Kentucky, they are 6-4 and four in this conference right now. They just won back-to-back on the road, so they're coming in a little hot into this matchup. They beat La Tech, which is a big win for them, and they beat Jacksonville State. They're now 17-7. and seven. They're starting to rise a little bit on their side, the Hilltoppers are. Uh, they obviously lost to the Miners here in El Paso, uh, 93-87, so let's see what happens here on the road. This is coming up Thursday, February 15th. Sal, you give me your early prediction on this road swing. Where does UTEP go on this one? Uh, this is one of the uh, the tougher road swings in Conference USA. Uh, More on a travel case, right? Yeah. No, big, big time. Yeah, it's it's similar to what uh, what people compare um, El Paso and Las Cruces uh, to. Basically, if you're on the other side of the country, uh, basically anything east of Mountain Time Zone, um, you kind of face this, which is that that Mountain Time Zone El Paso and Cruces. But going over to um, to Bowling Green and the Murfreesboro's uh, not the easiest thing travel wise. You said it, and and as it stands though, I do think that they're going to split. I think the way that Western Kentucky is playing right now, they're playing like um, like predictions are, are showing right they're getting it together their, their offense is starting to form and they're they're rolling especially on defense so um, I think they dropped that one to Western but they're able to power back in a, in a game against Middle Tennessee. Okay, I, I've so got one that one. too yeah, yeah uh, Alberto I'll swing it to you what do you have UTEP going this road swing? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think they, they dropped that one in Western Kentucky, but they battle it out against Middle Tennessee, and if there's if there's a road game they're going to win, it's going to be that one. Nice. Yeah, I think that's that's it right there. They, that's their first road win. Um, they get it done in Murfreesboro on Saturday. That's a 4 p.m. tip-off. Thursday's game is a 5 p.m. tip-off, so we'll have minor talk afterward uh, here presented by the Oscar ID at the agency. Also, that's a CBS Sports Network game, so there you go. Great stuff there uh, for UTEP. They'll be on national television uh, here this coming Thursday. By the way, guys, we're starting to wind down the season. There is only yeah. seven more games. 
Should we do it real quick? Let's just do a, a quick uh, a quick rundown. I'm My, down. Let's do it. Let's do it real quick. 13 and 11 right now is UTEP. Uh, Western Kentucky, I have that a loss. So 13 and 12. Uh, beating Middle Tennessee, that's 14 and 12. I've got them losing to La Tech on, at home. Um, that's 14 and 13. Beating Sam Houston State at home, that's 15 and 13. Uh, losing to Jacksonville State on the road, 15 and 14. Losing to Liberty on the road, 15 and 15. And then beating FIU at home, that is 16 and 15. When I have UTEP right now, 7 and 9 in conference play. Uh, anything different there, Sal? What would you switch out? So I, I have one game different, and that's the game against uh, Jacksonville State. I think they get that one. Oh, uh, nice. What, okay. what was the overall? On so yours? that would be, that would actually it's make them one, 17 yeah. and 14. So okay. you would have UTEP 17 14. Yeah, I think uh, FIU, it's, oh man, I don't want to say it was a fluke as much as it was a collapse on UTEP, but. That's rarely going to happen. I think they're going to get the best of Florida International, specifically on senior night. But um, just looking at it, man, La Tech at the top of the conference, they they lost to Liberty with a uh, with a Caden Matheny three-pointer with like two seconds left. So those two teams basically in a league of their own, I think they dropped those. But um, Sam Houston, they're able to uh, to get revenge against them. They they dropped that one as well. They, they're in the, in the same league. No pun intended, but they're in the same league as a lot of these teams that kind of in that that tier, so to speak. Sure. But um, nah, man. It's, if they're able to get one against La Tech or Liberty, I think that's going to say a lot about them going into uh, the Conference USA tournament. Yeah, and then they might actually get to twenty wins, right? Because and Maybe. twenty wins is attainable. Because if they're eighteen wins in the regular season, I could see them winning two in the tournament if that's the case. Because that would mean they play much better to close out the season. I don't know if that really happens. Yeah. So that's why I still have them right above five hundred six. 16 and 15. I think that's where this team is is going to land. Uh, and I need to see it consistently. You know, tonight's win was strong, but let's see it consistently. Let's see it on the road this coming week against Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee. Uh, the you know Hilltoppers are going to be a tough battle, but they should be able to push past the Blue Raiders, no doubt about it. So let's see how it goes, Sal. Uh, 20 wins in your in your eyes, two out of the picture right now. Uh, you know what? I, I don't think they get there. Yeah, I, I, I think they'll they'll show some good signs. But as much as we say, hey, if UTEP improves, they can be they can be X Y Z. But they're not the only team in this conference who who realizes that they got to make a push as well. So if Sam Houston's rolling, hey, that could be a different story. Um, if Jacksonville State gets it rolling as well, I mean, there, there's a lot of teams who uh, who are in a similar place to UTEP that realize that the margin for error is smaller. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, last thing, guys, are uh, yeah, last thing, Joe Chacon, Super Bowl. Pre- Predictions, he asks us. Let's hear it. I got Kansas City 27-24. Sal, Alberto, where are you guys going? You got you go for first, uh, Alberto. Yeah, I got Kansas City in this one. Uh, I'm going to just say 27-14. Okay, 27-14. Sal? Uh, this one hurts, man. I'm sorry. I, I think... Uh, I'm sorry, I man. think Kansas City does it. Let's say... Um, Let's say thirty-one to uh, to twenty-seven. I, I wow. don't know. I'm, I'm too heartbroken, man. Should I fade the public? Should I, everybody says Kansas City? I, I feel like I need to start fading the public. Although I hate the 49ers. Uh 
I can't stand them. So I got to go Kansas City 24-21. I, I just think the way that um, that Kansas City has played this postseason has been impressive. And, and if we're being honest, they may have had the toughest um, the toughest go yeah. out of out of the playoffs. You beat Miami, who, um, who's been an incredible offense pretty much all year, and you're able to do what you did to them. You go up against the Bills, who finally have home field advantage against Patrick Mahomes. And sure, if there's luck involved, whatever the case is, but you give luck to Patrick Mahomes, that's that's on you. That's definitely on you. And then they beat the Ravens, pretty much underdogs in all of the games except the um, except the wild card round. So those aren't those aren't cupcakes they played. I think they've had the toughest road to the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I would also say with uh, the 49ers, if we're talking Monday, the lead narrative will be if they lose this one, is Kyle Shanahan the guy to actually win the Super Bowl? Which makes me scared. Like this might not actually happen. This maybe maybe the 49ers pull it off. Maybe everybody picking the Chiefs was uh, is baited uh, into this one in all the wrong ways. But who knows? Uh, should be a great one. Ready for the big one tomorrow? Chiefs 49ers will be out at the District West 32-33 North Mesa here tomorrow on the show. Uh, hey, that'll do it for us here on the program. All good, uh, Sal. No worries. I I know exactly what happened there. Uh, That'll do it for our show. I appreciate everybody tuning in on Minor Talk. I appreciate Stefan Jackson dropping by, UTEP's all-time leading scorer. And I appreciate the Oscar IDF Agency always being the presenting sponsor of us here on Minor Talk uh, moving forward. But for Alberto Retta, for Sal Montes, and for UTEP Zay, who is on location, I'm Adrian Bratis. We're saying so long, and thanks for listening to Minor Talk. If you missed any of today's show, listen to us on demand wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll be back on Thursday for UTEP and uh, Western Kentucky here on 600 ESPN El Paso.